Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beauty. Welcome back to the New Truth Podcast, episode 135. The top myths about relationships holding you back from real love, which of course the New Truth Podcast is a stand for and uh, not fantasy love, not fairy tale love, but actual, real, healthy, thriving love. I'm so excited to unpack these myths. I feel like we haven't done myths in a while and there's a lot. There's a lot <laughs> out there that are really fucking everyone up. So we're going to, we're going to unpack them and uh, we're going to shed some light on how to actually have healthy relationships. And what inspired and sparked this episode is I just did the expanded love masterclass. And um, so many of the women in there were having relational challenges and were listening to the masterclass, understanding their saboteurs, their protection, understanding their spouse's saboteurs. And then they were like, okay, well, I want to leave my relationship, but I can't really leave. And and, you know, that's usually not the place to start. You know, we often just want to leave the relationship as soon as we realize it's not what we desire or not how we want to feel. But so much magic can happen and transformation can occur when you show up differently within your relationship, starting with your relationship with yourself. So that's what sparked this episode. And I think, yeah, we definitely need to start with some of those myths. And we've been doing so much dating stuff yes. on episodes. So we want to know, we know so many of you are in relationship or even the early months of dating, trying to navigate relationship because now you are trying to do it in a healthy way. And so we wanted yes. to start doing some more episodes around relationship too. And I was so, I love thinking about this because I, right before we hit record, I was thinking about our hysterical culture and especially what women do to each other. So first women have no standards around who they date right? And then the first sign of any difficulty in relationship, I'm out. <laughs> like you, you have no boundaries when you're dating, but then the first sign of imperfection in a relationship and you're ready to bail. I think some men do that too. Yeah. But, th but that's like, that's the insanity of our freaking yes. culture. Like we yes. have and, and that's why I love this podcast so much. Like the fairy tale is so insane. Like, like the, the um, what's the word? Oh my God. I don't know the word, whatever the word is. It, it like in every aspect of our Delusional. lives, like we have fairy tales around dating, fairy tales around how we're supposed to be in relationship, fairy tales around how someone else is supposed to show up in relationship, let alone the, the fairy tale about what a relationship should be like. And I, I keep thinking on how only when you've broken free from the fairy tale, can you actually enter life 
we know like we, we want, we don't even want mess in our lives. Like we, you know, we're social media perfection. So that's the, like, we'll start with that as the first myth. Like the first myth is relationships are always easy. Yeah. Now we need a caveat. Nothing about what we're about to say applies to abusive relationships. Yeah. If you are being emotionally abused, physically abused, if you're in a toxic relationship, you got to, you do have to get out of that relationship. This is, you have a functional relationship. It's healthy enough, right? Of course there is no perfect, but all of these myths are about, you have a foundation of mutual respect and reciprocity and you're just hitting bumps in the road because watch out for making excuses. I don't give a fuck if you understand your abusive partner's trauma. If someone's abusing you, you cannot be in that relationship period. Yes. Yeah. So this does not apply or content does not apply to abusive relationships. Relationships are always easy is the myth. However, if it's always hard, that is not a healthy relationship. Yes. So it, it what, like most of the myths we're about to share today is supporting that all or nothing mentality that people have around life, right? We don't know how to be in the gray, let alone for each other. So it's not relationships are always easy and relationships, are, and if it's always hard, oh my God, you're not in a good relationship. But the thinking it's always easy sets people up to not know how to handle any kind of difficulty or disagreement or upset or trigger in a relationship. And the second myth I'll share is that relationships require no skills. Everyone just thinks if I just meet the right person, I don't have to learn how to manage my triggers. I don't have to learn how to communicate. I don't have to learn when my inner child shows up. I don't have to learn what my patterns are. I just need to meet the right person. And then we're going to live happily ever after. And they and don't even know pain. that they don't have to know. They don't right. even know that they don't have to know that it's just like, it literally is like this trajectory to check the box to get the thing, but they don't even know that they don't know what they don't know. Like, because nobody taught us how to do relationship, which is insane. So those are my first two. Yeah. It's so good. And okay, wait, what was your first one about? That relationships are always easy. Yes. Relationships. So, so let's start there. So that, I mean, first of all, relationships are going to bring up your deepest pain and that's why, and I love that we're going to do more episodes on relationships too. Like we do so many on dating and I think let's weave in a lot more of this because it's, in relation and because it also applies to all relationships like yes. everything we talk about it, even if you're not in a relationship this is friendships this is co-working relationships this is all relational dynamics we are not set up for success no one teaches us anything about our own pain and our own trauma and our own wounding and our own less so unless you've done a lot of healing and growth work and you're and and you understand yourself and your protective patterns we are we are like set up to fail and then we're watching i mean gosh i'm watching bridgerton right now season two i mean all these shows are just <laughs> insane it's i'm really enjoying it but it's like it's just wildly fantasy based and they keep saying she got her happy ending. I'm never going to get my happy ending. And again, that like ending, why? What, okay. Like let's unpack the happy ending. Like, why are you, what, what's over you, your, your life, your happiness is over <laughs> what it, and, and this is our programming. It's, it's so ingrained that relationships are blissful. And, and even in the conscious world now, we're seeing this yes. constantly yes. in the spir spiritual fantasy relationships where I'm going to attract a conscious man and he's going to be so self-aware and we're going to have like a blissful, empowered relationship. And it's like, the new and fairy tale. 
Exactly. It is the new fairy tale. An empowered relationship is when things get hard, we turn towards each other, not away. And even yes. if you're going to turn away from each other in moments when your pain is so activated, you can't even handle it. And then what do you do next? You turn towards each other and you move through it together. You, I remember um, Marla Mattinson taught me once this idea of like putting the problem out in front of you as a couple. And it's mm. like, okay, this is the problem or the challenge we're facing. Let's together come up with a solution for this challenge as opposed to what happens is it instantly becomes me against you. And one of my favorite sayings from my counselor's training background is you're never upset for the reason you think. So in the moment that we're activated and we see red or we shut down or we run for the hills or whatever your nervous system pattern is, in that moment, you're not actually upset about the thing. Like the thing is the tip of the iceberg. It's touched on a deeper pain that was there way before this ever happened. And most likely you felt this pain that you're feeling in that moment over and over and over again. And so that's why it's so important to understand and know yourself so deeply. And I think so much of what you and I both stand for in our work is helping women do exactly that. Know how to turn towards yourself first and then towards each other. Like when I'm in, when your inner child is activated and wanting to throw a temper tantrum to your partner and, and thinking your partner is responsible in that moment for your pain and for making you, coddling you and making you feel better, pacifying you. It's like, that's the moment that, in my work, your heroine comes to the rescue and and gives little you what exactly what she needs and actually gives you you give yourself the love, whether that's calling a loving friend or going to see your coach or counselor or you know doing a healing session or having a bubble bath. Like it's actually tending to your heart in that moment and then working through whatever the issue is with your partner instead of thinking they're responsible for your pain. Relationships are mirrors. They're just going to reflect all of the beliefs that you have about yourself that are shitty and painful, and you're going to face them. And in the beginning, probably it's going to feel great. And that's, and some of it's fantasy and some of it's chemicals and some of it's real. And that the fantasy stories are what keeps us thinking that's the phase. We just want to stay in that phase, but so much like the, I believe the only place we can experience true intimacy is when we go through those challenges. I even think of you and I, like we've had a couple little things in, in, in a friendship, but if I feel like it happens way less in friendships, but of course, when you're really deep and intimate with someone, it happens. And I think of like every time that's happened with us, we, we process our stuff and then we bring it to come together. And like, we deepen so much more. And then the podcast gets better and our relationship gets deeper and everything gets more beautiful. And like, this is how we grow and evolve in the new paradigm of relationship. And the myth is that there are no triggers and no conflict right? So like the myth of couples never fight in a healthy relationship, rather than the truth of a conscious relationship is those couples lean into conflict. Those couples fight respectfully. So I want to talk about that for a second. The number one thing that you must give up in a healthy relationship is blame. And I really, I've never heard, well, the Course in Miracles says you're never upset for the reason you think. Um, oh, my but, program was based on A Course in Miracles. Oh, well, then that's why. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the idea that if you keep making your partner your enemy, right? And then the myth of, well, with another partner, it would be easier, right? Or if my partner just behaved a different way, then things would be fine, right? Another myth is my partner is supposed to read my mind but you are only responsible for your trigger, 
in a relationship. And we need to have an episode actually about, <clears throat> about triggers. I teach about triggers in all of my programs. Yeah. If you are triggered, you are no longer in the present moment. That's okay. the first thing I want to say. So if, if it takes consciousness to say, oh, I'm triggered. I actually can't see clearly and I can't think straight right now because what a trigger means is you're now in the past. You're now in past pain or in a past pattern. So that takes consciousness to say that's what's happening. But what people keep doing is they don't recognize that they're activated. They don't recognize that they're triggered. They're convinced that their partner would just behave differently. Then they'll be okay. Never actually doing any of the inner work that says, oh, this is mine. What's happening for me right now is something inside of me and I need to separate. And guess what? The most supportive relationship tool that I offer all of my couples is time out. Fucking timeouts. <laughs> like, hey, what I'm about to say, I'm about to say something that's gonna that's gonna hurt. I'm gonna about to say something that's gonna not work for our relationship. And I love you too much. So we're taking a timeout, which means you stop fucking talking and you separate, and then you do the inner work of getting clear on what's actually happening for you inside of it. Right. And of course, now we're in if you have trauma, if you have anxious attachment, if you don't know your physiology that's really, 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 really hard to do. And again, this is why this content doesn't apply to abusive relationships because abusive relationships won't let there be space, right? In a healthy relationship, there is space. Yeah. In a health, another myth is in a, in, um, that you have to do everything together and you have mm -hmm. to be exactly the same. That's, that's the one that I can't stand the most that the right partner for me is someone who's exactly like me. And guess what? For mo most women are dating, looking for their clone rather than a compliment. And, and men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And so in a relationship, <laughs> in relationship, if you don't know how to acknowledge the differences between you and your partner, if you're operating from, if my partner did what I did, or if he just would be like me, most women are saying that to themselves. They're trying to get their partner to change rather than learning how to appreciate differences. The yes. truth about intimacy is the healthiest couples are the ones that one, respect what's different about each other. They don't try to change each other. And then most of all, embrace imperfection. And now I'm back to what I said earlier about women having no standards when they're dating, but then the first sign of difficulty in relationship and they're ready to bail. We, and now we're in, like our culture has no space for imperfection. Yeah. None. And I will say nothing, nothing has tested my self-love more than when I've absolutely behaved badly in my relationship, because guess what I have over yeah. the past eight years. And so has Andrew, nothing tests my self-love more than that on not groveling back to my partner, not now feeling like I'm unworthy of love, not begging him for forgiveness, but actually taking responsibility. That's which sounds like, Hey, I know what I just said hurt you. And I am sorry. Right. I acknowledge that that was absolutely not okay. What I just did. That's what accountability is. Yeah. And if you can't be accountable for yourself, most people are so insecure and so full of perfectionism, shame or guilt, or all of these relationship myths that no one knows how to just be in, in upset. And I'll say that about, I was thinking when you just brought up about our upsets with each other, we have, we have never blamed like when I think of any of the upsets, we've just stayed in our own lane. Like, Hey, this is what's happening for me inside of this dynamic, which is why we're able to move through it yes. like that. Like I want to bring consciousness to that example. Like most people can't 
fucking do that. If you've never done any work on yourself, that is so hard. We live in an incredibly immature culture. We, we live in an, an incredibly, um, um, I mean, emotionally immature culture where like another myth is running the country. Yes. yes. I mean, my God, the, the most important thing you can do is learn how to have emotional mastery, yes. right? Because guess what? Your partner's job is not to make you happy. That's another myth, right? Yeah. The right person for me will make me happy. And, and you're, you always say, if you make them responsible for your happiness, they're now responsible for your pain, which is then the issue. So I hope like you just start to think like I have so many clients who they, they do the work to start dating, right? And then they start dating. And then yes, in those first few months, there is difficulty. Like relationship is so powerful because you go, you take you with you wherever you go, <laughs> you know, and there's alchemy with each person, but those myths of with the right person, it's always easy with the right person. We never fight that keeps people from ever doing any of the work that actually transforms relationship. And when you've been in long-term relationship, I mean, I'm just going to make a plug for how important couples therapy is mm -hmm. like, guess what? If you have never done this, I'm sick of the shame we have around our culture about asking for help in relationship. You're not just supposed to know this, right? I freaking love working with couples because of the level of compassion that actually enters the room when you recognize, oh yeah, no one's ever taught me this. Oh yeah. We've had a decade of the same pattern. Who am I kidding that I think I can just magically shift it, right? I do have to actually learn things and it's mostly consciousness. It's not, how do I learn how to change my partner, right? It's how do I learn what's actually happening inside of me? What myths are running the show for me? What part of me is running the show for me in this relationship? And how do I stop making someone else responsible for how I show up, right? So this myth, it's also a myth to say 50-50 yeah. in relationship. There's no 50-50. And guess what? When Andrew was sick, he showed up 1%. 1% one, 1 when Andrew was sick. That's when I showed up. <laughs> and that's when, and then God sent me Kate Harlow. Yes. <laughs> but this, this idea of like relationships are supposed to always be fulfilling and we're always on this upward track, right? We're just always deepening and always getting closer and always whatever, rather than, you know what life happens and it is everything you said earlier about the couples that can hold we consciousness, like there's the problem and then there's us. We're not the enemy. When Andrew was sick, it was also my problem, right? It was our, our issue in the relationship. And I didn't become codependent mother, right? Doing everything for him. And I didn't blame him. I mean, I had people like not know how to handle what was happening in my relationship because we want perfection, yeah, you know, exactly. and no one talks about that when you're walking down the aisle about getting sick, infertility, loss, parents, you know, struggling family issues. So guess what? You know, you're in a good relationship when you can actually freaking talk about real things and most of the time money. Oh my God. No one talks about money in the beginning. Thanks sex, all of it. And, and if you don't most of it, so then maybe this is a way of saying it. It's like, is the issue that you just want to leave your relationship or is the issue that you have no idea how to talk to each other? Yeah. And you have no idea how to actually bring up what matters to you. Cause I think a lot of women, and this is the last thing I'll say, the, the people pleasing women who are like, I just want to leave. 
yeah, that's much easier than you learning how to actually stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself and actually get accountable to the things you've withheld from your partner for the past five years or what's actually happening inside of you. So guess what? Before you break up, do you know how to talk? Do you know how to talk and stand up for yourself and, and do the difficult work of being an adult in relationship rather than a child, which is, I just, I can't bring up anything that's hard or I can't share my feelings or I don't know how, or I'm afraid of being a burden or the worst of all is I'm afraid of hurting their feelings while you're busy hurting your own, your whole yeah. relationship. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and I just think of like all the, all the women who just are in these painful relational dynamics and yeah, the grass does seem greener over there. And yet there's such there in my experience, there's so much more completion within your heart when you know you've showed up fully yes. and you've done your own work. And it's like, and I think part of the challenge with the culture too, it's like just trying to figure out the relationship, but start with yourself. Like, yes, the relationship is important too. And you can show up differently. I've seen this so many times with clients where in all their relationships, I had one client who came home and she had a very, very strained relationship with her mom her entire life. And her mom was very non-emotional. And she came home from the immersion in Greece and she all of a sudden her, she started having these deep talks with her mom and her mom started opening up and she started, her mom named her saboteur. And like, she just had this like totally 180 degree shift with her mom. And I've seen this in, in marriages. And I've seen it with relationships with my clients and their kids. A lot of my clients have kids and this happens over and over again with their relationship with their kids. It's like when we, and the same thing, parents take their kids to, to therapy and are like, my kid is acting out. And it's like, no, your kid's acting out because there's something that you need to deal with within yourself. And we live in a culture that disempowers us from literally every angle, like, especially as women. And like, as humans, we are so disempowered by our culture. We are, we are taught to blame everything outside of ourselves. You see it in our governments, in our media, you see it in social media, you see it everywhere. Everyone's just blaming everyone else for their pain and not taking or blaming themselves and not taking responsibility for what's happening inside of themselves. And so doing work with Catherine and I like, gosh, this is the answer. Take our programs, like come to our masterclasses, do start do if you, if you haven't already, I know so many of you already are on that path, but it's like, get to know your patterns, get to know your protection, get to know all the barriers around your heart. My favorite Rumi quote, I know I've said it many times on the podcast was your task is not to seek and find love. Your task is to seek and remove the barriers within yourself you've built against it. So, you know, if the fantasy addict got you into your relationship and you were like, I just want love. I just want a man. I just want a partner. I just want a relationship. I just want to be married. I just want to have kids. And you got there and then you woke up one day and you were like, "Ugh, he doesn't look at me the same way. I don't like him anymore. I want to leave. Like all the residue of all the resentment and all the things that have happened in a relationship. Yeah. It's challenging. Like it does seem easier to just be like eject, try start fresh for sure. But if you can have a turnaround in that dynamic, I mean, take your attention off the other person completely and put your attention fully on you. Get like rever reverently devoted to yourself. Get to know your pain, your patterns, your inner child. Start to walk the path of taking full responsibility for your inner experience because anything you're experiencing in relationships is you. 
You are just bumping up against you, your pain, your shitty beliefs you have about yourself. Your I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. I'll never be loved. I oh here again. Look, I'm not worried. Like it, we just bump it up against our own pain over and over again, and then we look to the other person and blame them for it, and then we judge and blame ourselves for their behavior. And so, taking responsibility for you and what's occurring inside of you is the greatest gift you can give to planet Earth, let alone your marriage or your relationship or yourself, your friendships. Because that exact. I'm so glad you said that about our dynamic. It's. Exactly it. It's just, and it's, I think it's even easier in a, in a friendship to do that because there isn't all the like expectations and we just have so much childhood parental stuff that comes out in relational dynamics when we're in our pain body, when we're activated or triggered that we're not seeing what's actually occurring in this moment. This moment has pushed a button and set off all sorts of signals. And I'm the same. I've been shitty many times in relationship. And I know how to repair. I know how to own my side. I know how to keep my heart open after it's closed. I know how to get back to my heart open. And that's the practice over and over and over again. And every single relationship that we're in is a place like we talk about dating as a practice. Every friendship you have, let yourself practice being vulnerable, practice sharing like, hey, when you said that thing, it, here's how it felt. And I just wanted to let you know, so it's not between us. What did you mean by that? And then you deepen in intimacy by having a conversation about what came up instead of burying it under the rug or not saying anything or being passive aggressive or blaming or wishing your friend to be different. Like you, you get, you have two choices, the old paradigm of love, which is complete disempowerment and disassociation from self and the new paradigm of love, which is coming home and freaking owning it all so that you can experience real love, which is in our title today, real freaking love. If you think other people are responsible for your pain or your pleasure, you're not actually experiencing the love that the capacity of love that you have inside of yourself. And I'm so glad that we did it about real love because you know, this has been my shtick. The whole thing about the fairy tale is you're not giving up magic. And you're not giving up oh, love. Like better, it's only better. the child. The child has to give up her idea about love because this, the, the fantasy says I'll never have pain. That that's actually what's driving the fantasy addict and, and true love addiction and codependency is if I just find the right person, then I'll never feel pain rather than in a healthy relationship. It's what do we do with our pain? together and do we know how to repair the health of a relationship is dependent on your capacity to repair and i've had a lot of feedback because i've only maybe said this twice um, in the past few episodes um, but this this came from just my experience with andrew that one of the most helpful things you all have shared with me that i've said is the difference between circumstance and pattern when you're looking at your relationship, right? Is this a circumstance right now? As in there's high stress in our relationship. My partner is struggling with a job or we're dealing with COVID or we're dealing with a difficult kid or a difficult parent versus, oh, when I actually step back and look at our entire relationship, we've had the same pattern, right? This is a pattern of someone being abusive, a pattern of someone being unwilling to grow with me, a pattern of someone being critical because that's actually the secret 
And that's the thing that helped me through my difficulties with Andrew. I could just keep being with, this is a circumstance. My husband is sick. This is not who my husband is. And that's why when you're dating, you need to be paying attention to the character of a person. And when you're in your dynamic of your partnership, it's actually pausing and saying, okay, can I step back and look at the character of this man? Right. Or, and, and my character, right. Are you nurturing the character of who you are? Are you, are you waking up every day? I mean, it's funny. I I've used this analogy so many times long before I had thought about having kids, but parents don't get to decide whether they want to show up for their kid. Like you have to wake up and you freaking show up no matter how tired you are, no matter what's going on in your life. But we stop showing up in our relationships. We get freaking lazy. You get, give me a break. You get lazy and complacent and you freaking know it or worse back to the myth of 50, 50, you're saying to yourself, I'll be loving when he's loving to me. Right. I'll apologize when they apologize first. Right. Or I'll, I'll, you know, do that thing when they do that thing for me, which is all ego-based like tit for tat. What actually having an open heart means is your attention is on yourself. You're saying, how do I want to show up? in the relationship. And then I love what you just said earlier about that's how you'll actually know if it's a relationship worth keeping. Like when you can actually say, I've done everything I can, yes. right? Like I've brought myself fully. And then, and then the gift from the universe usually is it will become clear. Yes. It, it will become so it clear. You do not so have true. to figure it out. You do not write a pros and cons list on, on your, in your journal. You say to yourself, okay, Where have I been withholding? Where have I been not loving? Where am I holding back? And that, like, that's what's holding you back. You, you are being held back. And the myths that say, well, with the right person, it'll always be easy. We'll never fight. We'll always want sex at the same time. We'll be the same. Well, you know, and rather than, okay, relationships include people. (laughs) And people are complex and and people are dynamic. And, and I, I mean, I have different levels, like different depths of friendship with every single one of my girlfriends. And I've absolutely been through some hell with some of them. Like I've had girlfriends where we've had major triggers over the course of our dynamic. And then I have friends where we've literally never gotten in a fight ever. Right. And I don't say to myself, oh, so-and-so me, I have a better relationship with so-and-so it's just the different alchemy with that person. And I, and I just think another myth that I want to bring in is this idea that love is enough. Like that's, that's probably the number one myth that keeps people stuck in relationship is Mm. thinking that all I need is to be able to, all I need is love. All I need is love, right? How I feel about this person is why I choose them rather than wait a second. Who are we together? How do we show up for the world together? How do we navigate conflict? How do we make decisions together? you know, this, this idea again, of you think if you just love, like if you have a partner with a serious addiction problem or is defensive or has childhood trauma, if you tell yourself, my friend, that if you just love them enough, they'll change. I've got bad news for you. You are not a rehab center for men. You are not a therapist. Please don't try to be a therapist. Therapists actually get trained in order to be therapists for your partner. Loving someone means letting them actually take responsibility for themselves. Loving someone means I'm not going to do this for you because I'm not going to treat you like a child, right? You do your work and I'll do mine. And then we show up as two fully whole people, right? Ready to embrace the dynamic that is relationship. And 
also there's an idea that we, we live in our culture right now with the fairy tale and movies that we only see the beginning of a relationship, yes. right? Like and that's the, all we see. What? And the beginning I've been paying attention to lately that in most like rom-com type shows, yeah. um, the, the, the people hate each other at first. So it's actually yeah, like, it's a, really, like a hot, thing. cold, toxic. That's, it's not like that really in fairy tales, but it's like that in, think about like Grey's Anatomy and like, oh. uh, all, like all, all of those love shows. Like every, I think of that movie with Catherine Hegel and like, th- but that's pretty much every single one. It's like, they hate each other. Oh. They're like, but in Bridgerton like you know when they hate each other it means they're gonna fall in love and so we also that's part of the programming and then so it starts off toxic and then they're blissful we just love our drama we just freaking love our drama like just accept the toxicness in the beginning and then it's just gonna be blissful and loving and deep and meaningful in the end the the billion dollar movie of Fifty Shades of Grey right her love your your love will not change someone and in a healthy relationship being loved will transform you offering real love will transform you and if you if it is not safe for you to be triggered if it's not safe for your childhood trauma to come up if it's not safe for upset to happen right you're not in a good relationship but here's the thing if when that stuff comes up, you blame your partner, you are not safe, babe. You're not a safe partner. Yeah. Your trauma, like, like I, I think this is a whole other episode. I just have to speak to because I can't, this is really breaking my heart. Like, I'm so compassionate. I'm just so compassionate. I have compassion for their pain and their trauma. And we think that understanding someone deeply is the answer you are not a child and you are not a therapist. If you want to be in a relationship, a functional, thriving relationship, it does not matter how much compassion you have for your partner. What matters is how much compassion you have for yourself and how you treat yourself. And if you know how to actually hold your partner accountable for the way that they treat you, because this is really, really scary to me what's happening right now that there is so much personal development and all the compassionate women of the, of the world. Right. I always say in my group, like, listen, ladies, you don't, we don't have to work on compassion for you. Right. We usually have to work on fucking boundaries yeah. <laughs> and, and being assertive. So I don't care how much you under, I mean, this is what's keeping people in toxic relationships is I just understand. I just understand so deeply their pain. It does not. Okay. Understanding their pain doesn't help you have a functional relationship. Yeah. How you two actually show up is what determines having a functional relationship, right? How does this, my, my job, I have to take responsibility for my triggers, right? I take responsibility that, and this is, this is what separates a, tra- a toddler from an adult. Toddlers don't have control over their tantrums. And this is insane. I'm going to be on soapboxes about parenting in the next few episodes. No, so <laughs> but this, this idea that like trying to teach a two-year-old emotional mastery is insane, yeah. right? However, you not taking responsibility for your emotions as a grown ass adult, that's insane, right? And, and you saying, I don't have control over my anger or I don't have control over my upset. You know, there's a difference between when, when our brain, so we have right and left brain, left brain is logical, rational. I'm able to solve problems. Right brain is our creativity, but that's also where all of our, fe- and all of our feelings, right? Right brain. If you are triggered, your rational mind is off. It is completely off. If you are flooded with feeling, rational mind is off. 
So that in and of itself, if you can just know that, which is why it's stop talking, right? Which is why it's learn how to self-soothe. It's oh. why to say, wow, oh my God. Okay. I know that you know, there's a myth. I just, I, I have a real coming about this, that the, another myth is don't go to bed angry. Mm. Please go to bed angry, right? If you are fried and then now it's late, right? And now you're getting more tired and you're more and more triggered. It's okay to go to bed angry, to soothe your new nervous systems, to get calm again and have your rational mind kick back on so that you know how to communicate with each other. So it's stop making excuses for your partner and stop making excuses for yourself, yeah. right? We have to be past that. Like, that's why we do the work, right? We grow up into mature functioning adults. And I know that's not as sexy as heroin. Mature functioning adult is actually how you're going to thrive in your life. And, and that is what your heroine is. That is what yeah. the queen is. That yes. is what woman yes. is. And, and you have to decide, like, I don't want to behave like a little girl yes. anymore. And yeah. I have just seen it time and time again. Stop asking your friends for advice. Yeah. Uh, like, really be careful. I mean, don't like, don't talk to anybody, but know who you're talking to yes. when you're asking for advice. Because especially I had a client reach out to me, an old client, just say, hey, can I run something by you? And she essentially talked about all of her girlfriends, right? She's now in the early stages of dating. She shared about an upset that happened with her partner. And she said all of her friends were like, oh, that's not okay. Get rid of him. You can do better than that. He's a narcissist, like, which is the most common friend oh advice nowadays, yeah. now that that's a trend. So word. just, you know, don't, it's not, don't ask anyone, but really be mindful of who you're asking. Like, I will say for me, I, I actually mostly ask for partnership advice from people in long-term partnerships. Yeah. You know, like I'm not asking my friend who's been single, you know, it's like, I, I look to the people who have the experience because now I do believe there's something to be said. I've been with Andrew for eight years. You yeah. better believe I have something now that people who have never had a long-term relationship don't, yeah. right? The ebbs and flows of change, right? The actual shedding of illusions. That's why we can talk about these myths. Both of us have had, you were with Jeff for seven years. Like you, you in growing in a relationship, it's actually about how do I shed these myths? How do I keep letting go of the illusions that I've had about partnership? How do I stop comparing myself, my relationship to anyone else's? Cause yeah. that's the biggest problem. That's, I mean, it's not even a myth, but that's absolutely something holding your back, holding you back, especially if you're comparing your relationship to people's pictures on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> or what you, your idea right? of what you, you have no yeah. idea. You have no idea. And I feel like we've shared before the people, you know, we thought were so great. And then one second later, they're announcing their separation, you know, on Facebook. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had like expander couples. They were like so spiritual conscious. And I was like, <laughs> that is oh, holding you back. Expander couple. And then they're divorced. That is holding you back. Really toxic. Comparing. Yeah. Right? Stop comparing. Really yes. like when you are deeply connected to yourself and you have the practices of how to do that, like journaling, like meditation, when you trust yourself, everything magical can happen in your life, right? When, when it's not about looking outside of yourself for external validation or making your partner different. And also another myth is your partner should be able to read your mind. Yeah. So being an adult in a relationship is you actually have to teach them how to win with you and teach them how to support you. And that doesn't mean you're treating them like a child, right? The, my couple's training, his state, the, my teacher's statement is, how can I help you help me get what I need? 
yeah, how can I help you help me get what, what I need? I actually have to take responsibility. It's not, I'm not a toddler and it's my parents' job to intuit what I need anymore. Yes. But that stops at like two and three years old. But in a grown ass adult relationship, you do it like when you keep saying like taking responsibility, it's actually taking responsibility for that too. Yes. Like, what do I need? What's important to me? What are my values? Am I with an aligned partner? You know, is, is my partner willing to do work on themselves or not? And then you make a choice, right? Is it something I can live with then? Right. Rather than spending your whole relationship fantasizing about another one, we don't take responsibility for our freaking choices in relationship. Right. And it's like over and over again, when you wake up every day, I've had clients leave their relationship just by simply wait. I said my, their assignment is to wake up every day and say, I'm choosing this every day for 30 days. Wow, that usually at the end of the 30 days, they're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to, I don't want to choose yeah. this. Like that takes you out of that. You're not a victim to your partner. Yes. You're not a victim to your life. Again, this does not apply to abusive relationship, but if you start saying I'm choosing this, how do I want to show up? Am I putting my head at the, on the pillow at the end of the day, proud of how I've shown up. And before you bail on your relationship, go to a couple's therapist, get help, learn how to talk, learn what's real. So that you can then say, or even have a, a calm separation. Like a, lo- a lot of times in couples therapy, that's you get support being facilitated around, especially if you have kids or shared finances or a house together. You know, you will need a lot of support around navigating those things. And it doesn't have to be so dramatic, yes. you know? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, gosh, I tried to watch the movie The Breakup a while ago and I I hadn't seen it in years and it was on Netflix. This was maybe a year ago, but I I couldn't even watch it. Oh no, it was when I was in Mexico with Andy. I couldn't even watch it. It was so painful to watch. And it's just, we, most people only, we should do an episode on breakups. I mean, we've done many, but on like, I mean, I guess maybe we did Leaving with Love, but it's like there are, we're taught also that relationships the endings and divorces and whatever need to be toxic and fighting and divorce lawyers and drama. And like that part of the relationship matters too. I I helped a a client um, for, she hired me for a year to help her navigate her divorce and transitioning with her kids and all that from her heroine and not her saboteur. And she did it. And it was amazing. And she was divorcing a narcissist who was like used to having so much power over her an actual like clinical narcissist used to having so much power over her. And then he had no more power. He was just like, and then all of a sudden their dynamic totally shifted. Now they have a great parenting partnership because he no longer has power over her because she's in her power now. So you are not powerless. And I love that you said that. And I think that um, the, the last myth I want to say is like to, to stop expecting your relationship to be everything. Like that's part of the, mm. the fantasy, like, oh, I'm just going to meet a partner. And then this like empty feeling inside is going to go away. And I'm just going to feel yeah. so amazing in every way. And he's going to meet me on every level. And, and like, that's why we say oh, in every boy. fucking episode, like, your life needs to be full. You need to be full within yourself and not with food, not like we belly full, <laughs> like full where you feel fulfilled, where you feel content, where you feel met in your all of your relational dynamics, where you feel where you feel grounded, your heart is open, you feel good inside of yourself. You you have a healthy relationship to your feelings as they arise. You know yourself like being anchored in yourself in relationship 
and having that sense of like fullness already living your purpose, like doing things that light you up, actually having a life that feels good so that you don't expect this person to be everything for you because they can't and they never will be able to. And if you are empty, you will be so susceptible to the fantasy addict in the beginning where you get swept off your feet by anything and anyone um, because you are empty and you're trying to fill from the outside. And that is just the biggest setup. So when you're full, like I think when, when I have relational stuff come up, I, I don't bring everything to my partner. Like you do not need to bring everything to your partner. You can bring it after, you can bring the learning and the growth, but like they don't, you don't have to process everything with your partner. Process it with your friends, process it with your coach, process it with your therapist. Like we, we expect so much of our relationships and it's like, if we go back in time, I mean, watch Bridgerton. It was like ownership. Okay, Bridgerton brings the romance fantasy love into it. But back in the day, that it actually wasn't romantic. So that story is like modern Hollywood's version of back in the day of what relationships were. And I'm sure some had love. But like for the most part, it was women were property of men and we were sold for a dowry. In some parts of the world, this still occurs. And we had no rights and um, marriage was a business arrangement and having children was a business arrangement and it was not romantic. And then all of a sudden we got, we got fed this story of romance. Of course, romance still occurred, but like not in your marriage. Usually people had lovers on the side. Like, And so now there's this like insane 2022 now it's like spirituality and consciousness on top of all the fairy tale, on top of the business things that need to be taken care of, on top of life, on top of stress, on top of, on top of, on top of. And it's like this insane, unrealistic expectation on our partners to fill something inside of us. Like even your turn on, don't expect your partner to turn you on, live a life that turns you on. And when you match with someone, it, like it's going to be overflow, it's going to add to it, but then they're not, then you're not, first of all, dependent on them. If they leave, they're not like sideswiped and you, you get to experience and know that that's already inside of you. Like you, you're not looking to them to make you feel something that's not their responsibility. It's not their job. It's not fair on them or on you when they expect all these things of you, but definitely I think it's pretty standard that women expect a lot more in relationship than men. Men are simple creatures. Obviously, there's a there's a spectrum, but men are, for the most part, you know, the studies that have been done, they're a lot more compartmentalized and simple. And women, we we want it all, as David Data says, the masculine and feminine, the feminine wants it all, and the masculine wants simplicity. And like, how can you give yourself it all so that you're not looking to your partner, whether it's a man or a woman, like you're not looking to them to, to give it all to you, but you've given it to yourself. Oh my God. Thank God you brought this last one in because yes, that one is so brutal. And, and we have never demanded more from relationship than we do now. And there's the entitled demand in which you're not doing any work on yourself or you're not actually becoming the match for what you say that you want. And then there's the the healthy longing, which says, yes, I do want depth and intimacy and to be met in my relationship. And we have to recognize that we have a whole culture. Patriarchy affects men too. We have a whole culture in which, I mean, first of all, the amount of work that's available for women. I mean, how many more women's empowerment movements, how many coaches do you see that work with women? You know, like we have to, there's a level, again, this is different than making excuses for men. 
right? A healthy man is going to want to know how to win with you, right? A healthy man is going to want to know how to support you. An unhealthy man is going to be unwilling to face his trauma, face his truth, do any of the work, right? Make, make and will make tons of excuses. And it won't mean that he's a bad person, right? But it's just like, th- there has to be, this is the growth for everybody, which is why the, the true magic is being willing to leave. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between stomping away, right? Having a tantrum and, and you just running from your work and then living in the tension and, and no one wants to, no one wants to do this really, right? We want the security. We think marriage means forever. If you can operate in your relationship by not taking your partner for granted, Mm-hmm. If you can operate in your relationship that I know that I will be okay without this person, yes. then you actually have choice in yes. your relationship. If you are in the relationship, I mean, the first place to go, if you're in a relationship saying like, I feel like I can't leave is actually deal with your abandonment trauma, yeah. right? Because you can't, if you don't deal with your abandonment trauma, you can't actually learn all this stuff on top of that because it's still going to be from inside a place of fear right? The, the best, it's, it's a tension of my partner is a gift to me and I am to them, right? All of these triggers are gifts to me. What can I learn from them? I'm either evol- your, your teacher's thing, evolve or dissolve, right? And if you don't keep rising to every occasion in your relationship, you're just going to keep dating the same person over and over again and wondering why nothing is changing. Yes. So you do get to desire more, right? I hope all women take a stand. I mean, this is my, my couple's training that that you take a stand for the kind of intimacy you want, but you don't demand it from an entitled place. You don't put him down saying that he better show up for me. You don't tell someone to go to therapy, by the way, that's not a boundary. Um, That'll be another episode on how to communicate with your partner about that. But it's, you know, you take a stand for what you want and then you say, would you like to meet me here or not? And then you have to deal if their answer is no. Yes. Right. Because you can't make someone do anything. You do not have control over someone else's life. You can't love someone enough, you know, that they're willing. And and I've said this 20,000 times and we do have to get Andrew um, on our podcast, but my number one thing when Andrew was sick is he was willing to do everything. He took every suggestion. He was willing to to get help. He was willing to rise into every single thing with me. Even when this man was so unbelievably sick, he couldn't shower by himself. Mm -hmm. Like this wasn't uh, like he just had a cold here. People like this was chronic pain, chronic illness one year after we got married. So talk about the biggest shattering of fantasy and illusion and whatever planned shit that I had (laughs) for our lives. And nothing has transformed me more than that experience. As I'm, and I'm sure that can be said for most couples who've actually gone through real things. But again, I will say there's a difference between actually being transformed by something and just getting through something. Mm-hmm. So if you, again, it just keeps coming back to if you don't know how to talk, right? A lot of times there's the upsets and then it just gets pushed to the side, or like pretending like it doesn't happen. Like we just, oh, we're not fighting now. So now I have relief, but all that is still living in your body. It's all, it's all in the room, right? The resentments or the upsets or the not being seen and heard. And that's why when you learn the freaking skills of relationship, which is the answer always, 
and find a willing partner um, to learn the skills too. And someone who says, you know, I want to create something amazing with you. Like that, that was Andrew's attitude. Not only I want to heal, it's like, I want to be amazing for you, for myself, for us. Like that, that's why we're reading parenting books. Not so we get everything right and do it perfectly because we're both very aware that we're not going to, right? But it's okay, I want to be the best I can be. And that that's the attitude I hope you have for yourself is you're listening. It's like, wow, if I've been going through my life saying I want, I want to be the most the fullest version of myself, the most expansive version of myself, the best part of myself. If you're not saying yes to that and you're just saying, if only my partner were different, then I would be happy. That's the, that's, what's holding you back. And that that's, what's keeping you stuck. And so we talked, we talked about so many epic myths. Um, yeah. And, and, today. and I just want to speak to that. Don't point your finger at your partner and be like, you need to do the work too, because they'll ne- like shove, don't shove it the muffin down works. their throat. Don't like, it, doesn't, let, work. it <laughs> doesn't work. So let them, let them like watch your growth. And if they get inspired to grow too, they will, or they won't, they'll evolve or dissolve that. Actually, Marianne and I came up with that together on the beach and Corfu. Evolve or dissolve your friends, everyone. As you grow, people will evolve with you or they will dissolve. They'll fall away and life will work that out for you. All you need to do is show up fully for you. And um, the we have to wrap up. This is like a 400 part episode because there's so much to say and we will talk a lot more about relationships. But um, I just want to say to the last or not the last thing you said, the second to last thing you said um, about Uh, I want to speak to women that are staying for money because that's so fucking common. And so your job within your relationship is if you think you can, because you were talking about if you think you can't do it on your own, if you think you can't do it on your own because you don't have financial means, get financial means, like stand on your own two feet within your relationship, go find work. There's like, you know, do, do whatever it takes to get on your own two feet. So you're not staying for the wrong reasons so that you're anchored in yourself and you know that you're choosing it. Like you said, that every day you're choosing this. You're cho- even if it's hard, even when it's hard, how can I keep choosing this? And as long as you're growing and you're both willing and all of the things we've talked about, but um, no matter what, whether it's money or it's codependency, like get, learn how to be in relationship with yourself and stand on your own two feet, whether you're on your own or you're in a relationship or you're married, you need both your feet on the ground. So no more being someone swept off, swept you off your feet and now they're carrying you in your life or anything like that, then time to come home. And you're not stuck. Because yes, if you are now in a long-term partnership where you don't have your own money and you have kids and you've been in a pattern forever, guess what's about to be very hard. (laughs) It's about to be very hard. And I always think of Glenn and Doyle's things. Like we can do hard things, things. right? Like that, that, that's what it means to, to take responsibility for yourself. And, and, you know, I have, I'm sure your clients do this too. Like how long does it take to heal? people ask me forever <laughs> when they sign when they that's sign one me, forever like, that's how guaranteed long? how long and it's like for, first of all you know the the that is the fantasy too that there's some arrival place of perfection but when you actually do the work like there's the the first beginning grueling facing truths about yourself and then things are just like little bumps in the road yes. rather than like when I think of healing from love addiction and codependency, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. It was not a cakewalk. It was very, very intense, but it's not intense anymore. Right. Like, like that is the truth. Just like if you are about to change long, long held patterns in your relationship, 
that will be difficult, but it doesn't stay difficult. And that's how, you know, you're having a good couples therapist, by the way, Um, things actually start changing. If you were just sitting there talking and your couples therapist just talks back at you and doesn't get in there and dig deep with you, please find a different person to work with. Um, cause that doesn't help, but yeah, actually, not everyone's aligned, but not everyone is built differently <laughs> and not everyone is, is built the same rather not all couples, therapists or coaches, right. Are yeah. the same. So be willing to be uncomfortable, be willing to take inventory of the myths that you've held about relationships and where they're getting in the way. And then of course, we want to hear from you now, if you are in a relationship, what questions you have, um, for us as we start doing more um, episodes about being in relationship. So that's it. We love you so much. And uh, we hope this was helpful. We certainly know this is a long, <laughs> this is like an hour episode, but you needed to hear all the things and you know, we love hearing from you. And again, it is a journey. It's a journey. You, you do the work to trust yourself and know yourself. And you know what? There's a celebration if you stay and there's a celebration if you leave. It takes courage either way. And we both know that it takes courage either way, either way to stay and it takes courage to leave. And so no, there's no right or wrong, good or bad, failure or success, right? Throw out all of that. And we love you so much. Thank you for loving us on the New Truth Podcast. And we'll see you soon. See you next week. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.